Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. And thank you so much for all the messages and notes I'm getting from our wonderful listeners. Um, it's so, so heartwarming. Uh, we, uh, I keep getting asked how I'm doing. Um, and, well, you know, every Palestinian is not doing okay. We're, we're not doing okay. Anybody that tells you they're actually doing okay is saying so just to make you feel a little bit better. Um, but we can do better than than we could be doing, if you if you understand what I mean. Like, there are times when we are all but sitting in a corner, rocking ourselves into some sort of comatose sleep or a place where we might find some solace in, in forgetting. Uh, for me, it's watching stupid, funny movies, much to the disdain of my darling wife, who's done a an amazing job of caring for me, and um, she keeps getting asked by members of our community, are you looking after Nasser? Are you looking after Nasser? Um, so everyone, uh, Samar is doing an amazing job of looking after me. Uh, I, on the other hand, am not doing a very good job of looking after her, but promise to do better, as as is my mother, uh, my darling mother, who's a regular listener and number one fan club of uh, Palestine Remembered. Good morning, Mum. She's also doing a wonderful job of looking after me. But looking after ourselves and how we feel uh, is is a question that is so complex to answer. Um, I can tell you on the 6th of October, before this current shitstorm fell upon all of us, I felt less Palestinian, less, I felt more guilt then than I do today. That's a better way to explain it. I felt more guilt on the 6th of October, living um, my life um, uh, free and enjoying my life, my kids healthy, fridge full, uh, and doing my bit for Palestine. And doing my bit for Palestine, I'd argue there'd be very few people that might compare with the amount of effort and output I do for Gaza, uh, do for Palestine, and that's on the 6th of October. And even with all that I do, all the sacrifice, time, effort, resource, etc., I still feel guilty, like I'm not doing enough. And here we are, 46, 47 days later, and um, there's barely been a waking moment that I haven't been actually working on on um, on Palestine and, and trying to find a way to make Palestinian babies matter. 
to uh, a wider audience, to make Palestine palatable. Um, and strangely, working 100% for Palestine, I have a little bit less guilt um, because I know there's actually nothing else I can do. But the pain is insufferably worse. So all of your little messages of hope and thanks and um, uplifting wishes of uh, uh, and gratitude uh, really make an impact. So all those messages and the people that come up to me in the rally and thank me, and uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, and surely, and surely what we all want is that better world where we can all live together, irrespective of age, sex, ability or otherwise, creed, religion, um, gender, how anyone might identify as human beings. You know, we, are, we should all be able to live gently on this earth, gently on this earth, and, and gently together, where each of us, each of us has our own trials and tribulations, but we know that we can get a hug, an embrace, uh, a shared humanity from the person that might be next door to us. So thank you, everyone, for, for everything, and know, know very well that mum and, and especially Samar uh, are looking after me. Um, 15,000 Palestinians are now dead, 230 in the West Bank, 7,000 missing in Gaza. We've got a four-day pause, you know. The, the, the language of oppression uses these funky words. A four-day pause. What does a pause mean? It means a pause in, in, in the, the speed of genocide. It's a pause in the death rate. Um, as we know, Gaza used to get 500 trucks a day um, when things were quote-unquote normal in the prison camp. Uh, they're going to get three or 400 trucks a day for the next four days. Israel still doing letter drops, saying the operation isn't over. This is just a pause. Uh, yesterday, overnight, excuse me, as some of the hostages were released, and we're thankful that they get to go back to their families, um, two Palestinians walked north trying to get back to their homes to grab some personal effects and belongings. Snipers uh, killed them because you're not allowed to walk north. The operation hasn't ended. Didn't you see the letter drop? The hypocrisy, you know, the really hurtful thing. I had a phone call with with a, with a lovely guy, a lovely guy, and uh, he's an artist. And you know, artists uh, have a way of speaking differently. It's you know more. Uh, it's more human. It's not as not as uh, intellectual, if you will. They can just actually speak. And um, we we're talking about language. So the hostages have been released. That's great. I mean, again, as a humanist, I want everybody to be in the embrace of their loved ones, irrespective, whether they're Muslim, Christian, Jew, Hindu, whatever. But Palestinian prisoners are getting released. Now, the list of names, the initial tranche of names that have been released by the Israelis of the Palestinian prisoners, there's 300 of them. 270 are children, 30 are women. How, how are these prisoners? How are they not hostages? 270 children, 30 of the women. 235 don't even have a conviction. Remembering that to be convicted by your military occupier in a military court 
devoid of civil law, civil representation, question a language you don't understand, often signing a confession in that same language without your guardian, without an advocate. 235 with no conviction. 22 that did have convictions were for throwing stones. Not sure how these are prisoners and not also hostages. I was on the ABC yesterday and um, the host there was really keen to get my uh, get my feelings on the hostages being released. I said, I'm, I'm overwhelmingly happy for them and their families. But I'd really like to know how the world feels about our hostages being released. And how about the 2.3 million hostages in Gaza? And they're hostages held against their will in an open-air prison, surrounded, air, land and sea, food cut off. We're about to enter our eighth week. No food, no gas, no electricity. Gazans are drinking agricultural water from wells that are used ordinarily to uh, water crops. That's what it looks like. 26 out of the 35 hospitals in Gaza are out of service. 1.7 million people are displaced. On the Walkleys uh, during the week, they uh, um, had a moment's silence for the journalists that have been killed. It's a wonderful act of solidarity. 53 journalists have been killed, 46 Palestinians, 4 Israelis, 3 Lebanese, and another 4 are missing. Sadly, we weren't uh, identified or given any sort of... um, uh, Acknowledgement that in the gross disparity in numbers, reportage, etc. And it comes back to that dehumanization. One of the things, I had, I had a coffee uh, with a wonderful supporter of 3CR and a dear, dear friend of 3CR, Jacob. Um, everyone knows Jacob around here. Uh, he does our audio on Sunday. So tomorrow, don't forget, 12 o'clock, State Library, come out and join us. In our thousands and our millions, come along. Um, we were talking about, you know, the world and trying to make everybody understand that it was a better place. And he was, told me a story about uh, he and uh, some some friends, and they really had a challenge with the fact that, you know, with his politics, they were all capitalists. And um, they, were, they were at a pub and, you know, they had roast of the day and everybody had like this little, um, little uh, side dish of peas. So he grabbed everybody's peas. And he said, right, you get five peas, you get four peas, you get two peas, and you get no peas, and I've got all these peas. And they went, that's not fair. And he said, yeah, now just imagine that's money or resources. Now, if everybody, there's enough peas here for everybody. And if we just spread them out for everybody, everybody gets enough peas. And it took the pea analogy for his you know, capitalist mates to go, oh, maybe there are enough peas for everyone. And maybe there are enough resources for us all that can mean that every child gets the right education, every, um, every child gets the right health care, every child gets the right shelter, every child has a fridge that's got food in it, and every child is human and equal in the eyes of everyone. That would be a wonderful world and certainly the world I want to leave my children and grandchildren and you know, until, uh, until I leave this earth will be the world that I'll be fighting for. The challenge we've got as Palestinians, and when I was speaking to this artist, he said, I just don't get, I just don't get why no one sees your kids as human. And I said to him, I said, look, you know, 
I don't get it either, but we've got to we've got to look at what what this world has manufactured, you know, over a hundred years, um, whether it be in cinema or any sort of entertainment, quote unquote. The Arab is a bearded, swarthy, sweaty, angry dude, and um, you know he's he is of course the bad guy. Uh, AK forty seven kafir, uh, shouting and screaming, eyes bulging, spit flying out of his mouth. And so we've we've been associated with that sort of violence. We've been associated with that sort of hate. We've been associated, um, and then when when Arnold Schwarzenegger's gun never ran out of bullets, and he was able on his own single handedly to kill thousands of these swarming, hairy, sweaty, angry, bearded men, he was the hero. And so in Gulf War One, when a bunker buster, bunker buster, just the cruelest form of. Um, technology. I mean, if you think about the technology used to create weapons, the military-industrial complex. If those same people with those brains used those brains, they would have cured cancer. Um, and and overwhelmingly, they're blokes. Uh, so this is not gendered. So, but they're overwhelmingly evil blokes that invent this shit. Ninety um, percent of them have got are bald. They could have cured baldness. Use your brains for good. Cancer, baldness. Stop inventing bombs. Now, this bunker buster bomb in Gulf War One, so it's designed to get penetrate the earth and blow up bunkers where people are hidden. And so it's like a two or three stage bomb. So the first bit of the bomb blows up the building. The second bit of the bomb digs a tunnel. And the third bit of the bomb blows up when it's deep in the ground. And the UN gives out coordinates for all of its facilities so that, quote-unquote, in a civilized war, quote unquote, the army, quote unquote, won't target, quote unquote, these uh, civilian targets. Well, there was an accident in Gulf War One, and Gulf War One was the first time that a war was streamed. Not like the streaming that we have today, where we have citizen journalists take videos on WhatsApp and send it around, and we can see it instantaneously. But this was the first war that CNN covered via a satellite so we could see stuff straight away previous to that maybe vietnam or something you know somebody took pictures on a old school camera and wound up the film in a kodak thing and put the um uh, the canister in in mail and it might have landed back at the new york times a month later uh, so the reportage was never live well this was live gulf war one and George Bush the first was there and they said you know you've dropped this bunker buster on this un facility killed 200 kids and how many tens of others? And he said, that's collateral damage. These 200 innocents that were eviscerated and evaporated uh, and no longer there, they were collateral damage. And in that moment, I remember that press conference. I was in my early 20s and I went, we don't matter. They don't see us as human. And so Israel can go on this slaughter They've killed 1%, and it's going to be it's over 1% now, but 1% of the population of Gaza. And 1% of the population of Australia is almost 300,000 people. The entire Mornington Peninsula. 300,000 people. That's what it feels like when you extrapolate the numbers back to, uh, back to, back to um, Gaza into Australia. So we're not human we're not uh, human enough, we're not Ukrainian enough, we're not white enough, 
the fact that more babies are being killed in the first two weeks, in the first three weeks of this uh, of this current slaughter than have been killed by Russia in two years didn't even make a blip. The fact that more Muslims have been killed now than were in the in the Bosnian genocide, not even a blip. Nobody seems to care. Our dehumanization is complete. And it's a sickening and sad thing because it breeds hate. And I don't want to live in a world where people have hate. Doesn't It allows for people to do inexcusable things, which is like what Israel's done to Gaza, you know, what they've done to the Palestinians there. How we can sit in a country that is all but cheerleading, all but cheerleading, just short of cheerleading. Uh, we had a wonderful council, the Inner West Council in New South Wales, um, the council had a motion to ask the CEO to write to Penny Wong and ask her to demand a ceasefire. Well, the motion didn't get up. Voted down by the Labor councillors. The Greens and the Socialists all put it up, but the Labor and Liberal voted it down. The next day, en masse, the entire multicultural department resigned in an act of just beautiful solidarity. They said, how do you expect us to run a multicultural department when everybody that we interact with from the global south is crying for Gaza, but you, you lot, can't even humanise them. There are multitudes of little, wonderful wins, whether it's Gina Ortega asking to be let out of her scream contract in solidarity with uh, her co, uh, co-star who got sacked for having a pro-Palestinian post on her, her Facebook there are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful displays of solidarity all over the world. Stay tuned and I'll be talking to Giselle after the break. Because the Palestinian fight isn't just the Palestinians' fight, it's all our fight because it's a fight not just about land, it's about a fight for freedom. Everybody should be standing here today saying free Palestine. Solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters on behalf of the Bumbanja Nation, my people who've never ceded their sovereignty. We should be recognising Palestine as a state and recognising the rights of Palestinians. 3CR. Stay tuned, stay radical. Don't forget tomorrow, 12 o'clock State Library. Uh, We've got some wonderful, wonderful speakers speaking and I'm very excited uh, that Senator Lydia Thorpe is going to lead us out tomorrow. So really, really, really great to see Sister Lydia out tomorrow. We've had, you know, her uncle and um, brother Gary Foley and and so many many others, and Uncle Robbie Thorpe, who's, you know, a a dear, dear friend here of 3CR. But Giselle's going to join me now and um, I'm going to spend the next few minutes just talking about all sorts of stuff and make sure, as wonderful as our show is at 9.30, you've got to tune in at 9 o'clock and hear Giselle. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> uh, no, we're all comrades here at Community Radio 3CR and we're all fighting for the, the same cause, the same issues, basically the end of capitalism because really colonisation is the, um, or imperialism is the highest form of, capitalism and yep. colonialism is a part of that absolutely and i actually i got this most wonderful so we're talking about support I got thousands thousands of emails texts and whatever and one one got lost and it was from this lovely indigenous woman and you know it was it was heartbreaking to read um 
she and, and perhaps I'll read it next week if I can hold myself. But she talks about her own journey um, as a as a stolen child, as a, uh, a granddaughter of a tribe that only five people survived out of the massacre, and and she, you know, linked the our struggle as Palestinians with her struggle as an Indigenous person here, as we do always about the need for us to fight uh, imperialism, colonialism, supremacism, hate, and and it is, you know, manifests itself as white power. Like anybody that thinks that Zionism isn't white power or that um, that isn't, you know, all that, all that power sits in those colonial places, Britain. Let me say something about that because uh, I, I agree that there are a lot of similarities in the struggle for First Nations rights and First Nations justice in Australia and the struggle of Palestinian people. I also think there are a lot of um, similarities with the Irish people's struggle against mm. colonisation against the British. Yeah. Um a lot of my comrades, so good, decent left-wing trade unionists say that, that I don't agree with that analysis. It's different in all these ways. And I want to say to that, it is different in all of those ways. Nobody is saying that the struggles are identical. That's not what solidarity is about. The issue is the mechanism of colonisation as a function of land theft in order to exploit natural resources and as a result displace the people that are there and in so doing dehumanise them, which is what you talk about all the time. That is the similarity, that is a point of solidarity and that is a connection that we need to talk about. Not all the differences. We know that it's different. We know that... You know, 250 years ago, colonisation in Australia looks very different to what Israel is doing today. Apart from anything, the technology of weaponry is is different. So I think it's important to focus on the points of solidarity when we make those comparisons, knowing that they're not identical. Yeah, yeah. Not, not all struggles are identical. What you can see is that if somebody's getting the shit kicked out of them, be on the side of the guy getting the shit kicked out of them. Just in the first instance. And, and that's, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Gary Foley's great connection to Palestine was in Monash University, 1973, in the Yom Kippur War. He saw 10 blokes kicking the hell's bells out of one bloke. And, and, and he and a mate of his, uh, Simon Guinness, I think, rushed in and went, you know, <laughs> threw some swings and copped a few punches and rescued this bloke. And they went, you know, what's going on? And he says, well, they're Israeli, I'm Palestinian. Um, and, and he immediately knew immediately knew you don't have to know everything but if some if a whole bunch of people are kicking the shit out of one bloke just just go save the one bloke and then work out you know hold on a second why, why are you doing that and try and talk stuff down and you know that really simple schoolyard bully analogy should be used in in gaza there's a really big powerful th- person beating up a little person we should be going, hold on, big person, stop it. And when the big person goes, no, they should be thankful I'm, I've, I'm only wearing my sneakers because I've got steel cap boots at home. They should be thankful that I'm only using the sneakers to kick the shit out of them and not my steel cap boots. That we on the outside should go, mate, have a good hard look at yourself. Well, whether, you know, being being killed by a blunt axe and a sharp axe is like you're still being killed <laughs> by the axe, you know. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, look, it's good that we're having a laugh, Giselle. It's good that we're having a laugh because um, 
We need to. We need to continue, continue to laugh. And one of the things that Palestinians continue to tell me from Palestine, whether it's in, in the West Bank or Gaza, refugee camps, etc., is that, you know, we teach life. We must continue wherever we are to enjoy life, to speak uh, about just how wonderful our culture is and how embracing and warm it is. So it's good to laugh and to remember that we are human and we belong and we will continue to belong. Um, yesterday, Giselle, you would have seen the um, a whole bunch of journalists signed another letter saying, do better on. Uh, this is, I think, the second or third such letter, uh, do better in the reportage. The age... Uh, editors quickly came out with a statement, anybody that signed that petition and doesn't take their name down will be banned, banned from reporting on Palestine-Israel. Um, brilliantly on Twitter. I mean, this is a thing about you know digital signatures now. These editors from uh, the SMH, well, it's nine newspapers now, um, had a picture of themselves and Shari Markson uh, in the Dead Sea, you know, on one of the Rambam Israel tours. And there was another picture of them at Al-Aqsa, you know, with their Israeli hosts, you know, should they self-remove uh, themselves from reporting on anything on Israel? Do they declare that? Uh, Paul Sakal, who wrote a particularly egregious piece of uh, an article on me, didn't declare that he'd been on a tour, you know, in his takedown. That said, if you Well, with respect, Marsha Langton was also on an Israeli tour and she came out and said some horrendously offensive things. Mm-hmm. I mean, she said that the Gazan people deserved everything they got for electing Hamas in the first place. She didn't declare her uh, allegiances and that she was also on a junket, fully paid tour of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Look, it it, it hurts particularly when, 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 when um, Indigenous folks speak like that because they should know. You know, Warren Mundine the same. They, they should know. They... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to challenge you on that, comrade. I, I, I get it. Being First Nations, being a person of colour, you would assume that the automatic allegiance is to others suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it's politics is the is yeah, the key issue. Power, we, yeah. Absolutely, we know Marsha and Warren are, are not yeah. on our side. They're not on our side, and and look, we're, we've got them in the Palestine movement. You know, we've got Palestinians, Palestinians who. You know, uh, uh, every bit, you know, and I, I'm going to say to you, they're actually worse than Marsha and, and, and Warren. I mean, I'm sure there are Indigenous folk that are worse than Warren. Yes, of course. Uh, just into, you know, just into, just into in uh, Northern Territory. Yeah, the Jimper Price, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are worse. And, and But it hurts, you know, because you, you just go, what, what does the power Well, the betrayal is bigger, well, yeah, yes. Well, well, I mean, you've got a nicer car. You've got a, got a third car. Who needs a third car, really, yeah? Um, and, well, what, what's your legacy going to be? You know, I said, I said in one of the speeches, you know, Indigenous people are connected to the, the dirt because the dirt owns them. And that's the difference between indigeneity and being a coloniser when you think you own the dirt. That does bring us to the end of another Palestine Remembered for this Saturday morning here on Community Radio 3CR. Stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the weekend. We're back next Saturday from 9.30am with Palestine Remembered. Don't forget tomorrow's rally. I'll play that announcement now. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, 
It's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.